and welcome to the Kink Perspective. My name's Chris. I'm a psychotherapist and consultant. On today's show, before I dive into it, I want to put out a couple of warnings here today because I'm going to be talking about um, some sensitive topics that affect us emotionally that can, through shame or secrets or um, other issues that appear in our life that um, can cause us to do self-harm, you know, or dirty desires or things that we even get blackmailed to in the online world. I am going to be touching base today on suicide as well. So I need to, I just want to kind of put this out there so you are well aware before I dive into this topic. Being a part of the BDSM community, um, I'm a little bit more open. Some of us are more open about our proclivities and things that we're involved in. The unfortunate part about our world is there is a lot of people who are not. There are a lot of people who are in professional positions or married or part of school systems and so on and so forth that we don't want our lives shared. We don't want our private lives scrutinized or to become ostracized or shamed because of the things that we enjoy. So one of the main tenements and uh, another main tenement of the BDSM community is don't don't out us. If you know us, don't talk to us. Definitely don't talk to us if we've been, uh, you know, at a scene together or at a play party or a dungeon or a munch, and then, you know, we're out somewhere and you're like, hey, and you start saying something. You know, we are, the whole point is to respect each other. This also brings back to mind all those... As far as I know, she wasn't a part of our community, but uh, a sad instance of the suicide of Amanda Todd, which I'll get into here in a little bit. Even what happened, there were some potential suicides that were linked to the hack of Ashley Madison, and I'll get into that as well. The problem here is that we have to understand that in the world of digital social media, going online, our cell phones, our computers, having an Alexa or, or Cortana or all these little devices around our homes, that we now open up the world to other people who, for lack of a better word, are their intent is to be malicious. We, to deny this fact, um, sadly, is to be naive especially if you have children. Uh, I met somebody who, they were telling a wonderful story that, you know, their children, they have uh, no, they're not allowed social media on their cell phones. They have phones only to make contact with uh, family members that um, they check their children's phones and computers regularly. They tell them why it's not about intrusion or looking through, you know, obviously they discuss sexual things in a healthy nature, but anything else they have to, if they want to add somebody on Instagram, once they have an age limit, uh, their children have to be 16 before they can be on social media and they have to ask permission. They're not allowed to talk to anybody. They have to show conversations, but as adults, we tend to forget to, that we need to protect ourselves. And when we get involved in our world um, or these darker worlds, because there are people who go into darker sub-reaches of the BDSM or fetish community, we do open up ourselves to intrusion. Our computers are prone, our, our laptops, our cell phones, 
these other devices that we have, our tablets and so on, are prone to being taken over and being controlled by someone else for the intention of doing that. And what ends up happening is, is that they will start to extort you, these people. They'll blackmail you. They'll get you to go in and do increasingly numbers of things. They'll issue threats that if you don't do as they wish, send, send money, perform for them, whatever, they'll contact your family and friends, your job. They have all of your information. So you are now basically bound to this person and not in a good way. And that guilt, that shame that's overriding us because of our proclivities or things we've done or in a place that we are exercising our free will is now being extorted by somebody or into multiple individuals, right? And we, we already know that there's a stigma that surrounds BDSM and that fear for us to be judged, you know. In some professions, um, our proclivities aren't allowed, or they're to the point that they're so highly scrutinized that if we don't leave the community, we can't get those jobs. I know personally in the military, even recent conversations that I've had, you cannot be a part of our world because it looks like it's a vulnerability, especially the higher up you go in the military, right? If you get into the intelligence world um, and so on and so forth, you, you the whole point is to make sure that those systems are impenetrable and if they have anything that they can squeeze on you, Right through that shame, through that guilt, they won't take the risk of bringing you on board, right? And this, in turn, has these serious psychological consequences for everything we do. And we've seen this with rising levels of anxiety, depression, self-harm, low self-esteem, massive humiliation and shame, and worse yet, Suicide. So I'm not here today to talk about how to protect yourself, but I want to talk about this because it's really, it's a bigger subject that doesn't necessarily get talked about enough, right? So once this coercion takes over, this blackmail takes over, especially for those of us who are participating in the lifestyle, and, you know, for some that obviously a lot of our behavior is deviant, these people use this information to force individuals to do things they wouldn't normally do. Money, engaging in sexual acts online against their will, providing more photographs or opening up their bank accounts, whatever. And that shame and that guilt that come with the exposure of our private lives can drive us to such a dark place of control and depression that these thoughts, these ideations come to mind because then we feel like there's no way to escape, right? And when a person feels like their private life and their desires and their secrets have been aired, right? the last thing they'll do is they turn to, you know, I have no other choice left. And in a world where we talk about so much inclusion and, and we're, we're allowed to you know, love who we want to love and have sex with who we want to have sex with, there are still people who feel this way, that it's shameful. And this, these things that happen, these tragic consequences of this, these digital intrusions, these blackmails, highlights the importance for 
protecting ourselves and protecting our private information, right? Especially after places like FetLife or Alt.com and a couple of others have started requesting more and more information from people. And then what do you do? Because they're not impenetrable from an intrusion, right? So we have to understand all of these things and take steps that we're not going to be concerned. I mean, if you're, there's quite a few people that live their life publicly. You know, they're on OnlyFans and they're, they're doing all sorts of uh, exposures and videos. And, and, you know, maybe their family knows, maybe their family doesn't. So the shame and humiliation may be less. But for those people who are in the lifestyle and it's private, but this is a place wherever they go online or, you know, whatever chats they're taking place in to share that part of themselves, the humiliation and that shame can be far greater, right? And then all of a sudden they start delving into these deep recesses of depression and loss of control because again, at this point they feel hopeless. And unfortunately, well, the fortunate part for a lot of things is that law enforcement and lawmakers, and we'll start with the lawmakers first, have started creating law, um, laws for the online world. The unfortunate part is while that's a great step forward and law enforcement is taking a proactive approach to finding these criminals or these organizations because they are a massive group. It's about a $2 billion to $5 billion industry globally, worldwide, and the number is expanding more, right, Extor- with extortion. A lot of this is takes place in Europe, Eastern Europe, so even out of the Ukraine, Romania, where servers are protected, Indonesia, where their servers are protected. And if you don't know much about that world, I'm not going to, I don't want to get into the whole um, about black hat hackers and things like that. That's not what I want to talk about. But these blackmailers use these things, these, they use those activities we're involved in, or you know, they get into these private conversations where we think we're safe, right? Where we're having these really deep discussions. Maybe we're fantasizing a little bit. And then all of a sudden, they're taking that and they're using it against you. And the first person I kind of want to, or the first thing that I brought up earlier was I talked about Amanda Todd. And this case happened back in 2012. Now, uh, this was a young girl. She wasn't associated with our community, but heavily bullied online. She's from Canada, a very 15-year-old teenager. And um, although it doesn't penetrate into our community, the reality is is that she got bullied. On, she was coerced online. Um, she got pressured so much to expose herself, just even her chest, that eventually then somebody figured out who she was um, and started doing things like on her Facebook groups, like contacting family, contacting friends. The police showed up. There was a video made. Um, and you can look her up. The, the story is quite sad. Eventually, it led to her taking her own life because the, the harassment never stopped. And it was the worst thing that we were and it's con it constantly happens right we we know about cyberbullying but this this kind of goes beyond that this was coercion they kept telling her if that she didn't do more for her for these people 
they were going to constantly, you know, contact family. And for, in this instance, it led to a lot of self-harm, which in her video, she demonstrates the result, the aftermath of not how to do it, but the aftermath of, and it's, it was, it's sad and it's heartbreaking to watch what this young person went through. But when we look at a place, another place that our BDSM world really touches, um, and again, Amanda Todd, not part of our world, but it was along these lines, so I felt like it was a good kind of little segue. The bigger intrusion came in something not associated, but more likely, you know, as the way certain fetish communities are starting to operate, overlaps in our world is when Ashley Madison was hacked. Their website was taken over. Um, and this was, I don't know, eight, nine years ago. Thousands upon thousands of users, hundreds of thousands of users, all of their users were exposed to these criminal organizations. Blackmail started happening, right? Government officials were being exposed. Credit card data stolen, right? And the victimization kept going on. Now, currently, even in that investigation, after all this time, I mean, no one was found. And, you know, when, you have, when you're talking about 33, well, allegedly, 30, over 30 million accounts worth of information stolen. It's a lot of people's lives impacted on the planet. Right? It's a little, I mean, it's, I know when we look at the infinitesimal number or of the planet at 8 billion and we're talking over 30 million. Um, that's still a lot of people around the world. And the sad part is there was a couple of people that they believe due to that exposure, due to being blackmailed, due to being pressured about their life that they were leading. And it doesn't matter what that website was about. It's just like FetLife or Fetish.com or Cuffs or Caller Me and all these places. It doesn't matter why we're there, for what part of our lifestyle that we're there, right? They were coerced to the point, they were blackmailed to the point, they were driven to the point that depression and anxiety and the shame and the guilt drove them and potentially others because as, as far as I know in law enforcement, not every victim was contacted and they don't know how it's all turned out. Some victims were driven to suicide because of that shame, because of that guilt. So that leaves us in a precarious situation. What do we do? Right? What do we do when, when our lives are exposed? And a lot of people, you know, when I've had this conversation, they're like, I don't care. Or I've seen a couple of years ago, I remember on social media, I saw somebody, a young person complaining that they were terminated from their job because they were part of their deal was, was allegedly being an, an uh, exhibitionist. And this person liked to flash their boobs in front of their, wherever they were, one time happened to be in front of work and then they got terminated. Well, the reality is, is that you shouldn't be doing that at your own job, but you're outing yourself, right? So you deal with those consequences. 
But there's a lot of people who aren't doing things like that. They're not that out. They're not that forward. And for some of us, it can't be used against us, right? You're just, you know, we've all gotten those random phishing emails where they're like, you know, I know you've been on porn sites. Oh, okay, cool. Well, who hasn't? But for some, in some of our activities where we're talking about when we get into these more extreme plays like knife play or blood play, when we're talking about cutting or extreme um, impact play where we're talking bruises and blood, or we're in breath play where we're, you know, we're, we're really simulating and fantasizing about cutting off that oxygen. So, I mean, to the to somebody on the outside, it looks like we're committing a murder or we're in the throes of trying to suffocate somebody, right? We know as BDSM lifestylers and those in this community that it's just an art, well, it's not an art form, but it's a style of play that we're engaging in consensually. But for others, that this impact for the majority of the people who are not inside of this community, it can have an impact on their perception of who we are. And that in turn can impact all of our lives. And now as companies have moved forward into having, you know, meritorious statements of, you know, you won't do anything that's going to bring, um, bring the company image down. And if you do, we reserve the right to terminate your employment. And companies are doing this. So now we are at the threat of losing our jobs, which then means we can't pay our rents. We can't pay, pay our bills. We can't buy food right might hamstring us from finding further work so then we get stuck in this loop pardon me and when we're so stuck in this loop we don't know what to do next it's problematic and we spiral and we start having all of these negative thoughts we start not trusting in ourselves and It doesn't always get that extreme for each person, right? Not each person gets to the point that they're having ideations at all. But that anxiety for a lot of people is there. I remember some 15 or 20 years ago when, you know, there were still like Yahoo chat rooms and so on and so forth. And um, I had a computer once get taken over by, I clicked on the link. And I remember the first thing that I did was I unplugged my computer, turned it off, disconnect shut off my wi-fi and then all i did next was reinstall my hard drive wiped it out but the attacks have are more sophisticated now their intent is to the point where it's a sadistic style the psychopathy of some of these blackmailers their whole point is to push you into depression into self-harm into suicide because they're there that's their enjoyment and these aren't urban stories because law enforcement has broken up these rings all over the world canada the netherlands ukraine uh, romania france parts of africa the united states australia it has happened because these people share these things online as a way sometimes to keep score And in the meantime, when we have all of the shame of all of our private information, all of our private photography being sent around, 
it leads us where it leads us. And it's a hard, it is a difficult discussion to have because especially when there's so many times, there's so many, you know, it's usually about once a week I read an online story somewhere. Um, Most recently I read one on fetish.com that they were talking about how they were outed, um, out to dinner and somebody said something, you know, and they were got asked, how do you know that person? And it was in front of co-workers. And the instant shame and guilt that this person started to feel. Luckily, they had people that were really understanding in their life and a stronger support network. And this person was able to cope and had mechanisms in place so they could offset the way they were feeling, which is wonderful thankfully but not a lot of people have that they don't have a lot of understanding people now i'm not advocating for everybody to come you know quote unquote come out and tell everybody on the planet they're in in the lifestyle community but we have to start being a little bit more cognizant when we are spending so much time online devoting so much of our time to these online platforms and contributing to forum posts uh Posting pictures and videos, getting involved in conversations, because not everybody you get involved into a conversation with is there for the same purpose you are. In a place like fetish.com or alt.com, collar me, cuffs, fetlife, there's no real requirement for them to sign up, right? Even a place like Ashley Madison that required, I think they required a credit card and a driver's license to sign up, didn't protect the rest of its, couldn't protect the rest of its users from somebody. So now if you go to these places that are free and you can have limited engagement and it doesn't take long to start gathering information and they're there for the malicious intent of literally taking something from you or trying to get you into a position where you're compromised. I think the, the whole point for me today was is that we need to kind of consider this because the, those emotional ramifications of when these things happen to us, that long-term depression, that long the shame, it's really the shame that gets to us. That shame is driving. And the blackmailers are, or these people who intrude into our lives, their whole only point is to feed on that shame. And sometimes all they know they have to do is just let you know you they have the information. And then at that point, you're going to them to get it to stop. And unfortunately, at that point, it's more than likely not going to stop. And it's just going to continue to get worse. And you're put into a really precarious situation. And like I said before, there are countries around the world that are developing or have developed all of these laws to protect us. But law enforcement is still hamstrung because at the end of the day, if you are in Nova Scotia or you're in London or you're in, you know, Las Vegas, wherever, and then all of a sudden you get somebody intrudes into your life, they're, they're attempting to do these things to you. So you're the anxiety is up, you know, you're facing massive depression, you're really, you know, we're having bouts of crying, we're really sad. But what are our law enforcement agencies going to do when this person is 
you know, using a server out of the Ukraine and they're based in North Africa. Probably nothing. And it's not because, you know, law enforcement's inept, but because governments are limited in what they can do, right? The FBI is not going to travel to Madagascar because somebody there is blackmailing somebody with their porn porn videos or the what content that they like to search online, right? And all of these people, when you read some of these stories, and, and that's fine, you know, there, there are people online, there are people in our community that have really extreme fetishes, and, and there's no guilt in that. This is an open, you know, we live in an open society as far as our BDSM community. If you want to watch, you know, if you're into watching people get an enema with a bunch of Pepto-Bismol and then have cigarettes put out on them while there's somebody's urinating on their face, well, that's fine. That's what you're into, right? I'm not here to judge you. But there's a lot of people that feel that if that gets exposed, that they're somehow some sort of deviant in normal society and that that life of shame that life of guilt will end their public their public life and a lot of this for me this whole thing got spurred because of some things I, I was recently watching over this weekend um, a movie I watched as well and a couple of stories I was reading and I was, talk, I was thinking about the extreme nature of all of this. And I've had people, you know, say, oh, I'm going to expose you to your colleagues. I'm like, go ahead. People are, for me, specifically me, I, the majority of my colleagues I know, know that I'm a part of this community. So you're not telling them anything. Oh, you're going to tell them I watch porn? That's great. Cool. I not only watch it and enjoy it sometimes, but I tell you what, I do do it to look at it for potential episodes that I want to talk about, right? Because if at some given point, we all watch porn. 30 years ago, I mean, that, was, that stuff was awesome. I was looking at magazines. Who gives a shit? No one really cares. But the problem is, is when we care, these people that are looking to, to prey on you like a parasite, they're looking for the people who do care versus the people who don't. And that's when they get you. And that's when they hook their fingers into you. I don't want to see in the community I care so much about people falling prey to this. Obviously, I can't protect everybody. Um, and this is more of a cursory warning of, being, of learning to be careful. Of learning what you're asking, you know, Alexa to search for. Or how your Wi-Fi passwords are set up. You know, I'm sorry to tell you that QWERTY or 123456 is not a password. Right? I don't want to live, pretend that we live in a world that is, you know, not altruistic and everybody's out here for good, has good intentions. They're not. And it's just a fact of life. And it's unfortunate. So we have to take these measures to somewhat protect ourselves, at least in the least sense Make it a little harder for these people to get inside of our lives. And if we do that, we allow ourselves a little bit more protection than we would if we don't do these things. On my website, 
www.enhanced-mind.com. I do have a list. If you're facing these in your countries, respectively, I do have a list of helplines that you can reach out if you need help in your country. If you are being exposed to this, uh, please contact your local law enforcement agency. If you need someone to talk to about this, please contact me through my website, right? You don't have to be alone in this, right? I don't want to see anybody self-harm or fall prey to these emotion, this emotional manipulation and control to the point it's going to lead you down the road to having ideations you're going to follow through with. And this was a really difficult discussion to get into because I didn't necessarily know how to approach this one. It's not really based in a lot of the things that I normally cover, but I felt it was really, this one was quite important for me. So I'd kind of like to know, you know, has anybody ever experienced something like this? How would you handle something like this? It's important for us to have these discussions. It's the reason why I bring them up because it's not something that most of us encounter in our lives, but maybe one day we will. Hopefully, no one ever will. But, you know, these people exist in the world. And I just want to make sure that we're all taking the best precautions to keep ourselves as safe as we possibly can to assess all of our risks and take any necessary steps that we can prevent something from happening to us. So let me know what you think in the comments. Um, upcoming, I'm hoping, next week, to give you all a little bit of a foreshadowing, I'm going to be talking with a dominant that's involved in needle play. So we're going to get another interview. Um, really excited for this conversation. And... I'm going to try to get that out. I'm going to be having another conversation with another member from FetLife again that as a, I've had a prior interview with with Brookish. We're going to be talking about objectification. That's going to be coming out. So I have heard you in the comments section. I know some people have been asking for a couple more interviews. It is hard with my schedule sometimes and their schedule and time zones to kind of set all of this up. So, but they are coming just to let you all keep you all informed. So with that, have a wonderful week. And until next time, everybody, be safe and stay kinky.